Welcome to the Rock of Grace Cortland Campus Podcast, where we aim to lead people like you to follow Jesus together. We have a new podcast each week with a message that is prepared with you in mind. So here's this week's message. Have you ever been to a place that's transformed at the flip of a switch? Like, for real, have you ever been to one of those places? Maybe it's been a mini golf course, or some of you guys might call it a putt-putt course. Or maybe you've been to the zoo, you know, something that uh, is, is on my family's repertoire, or my things we want to do right now, is that uh, we want to go to the Pittsburgh Zoo for their Lantern Festival. I love places that transform seemingly at the flip of a switch. Which, by the way, if I've not met you or you're joining us online for the first time, my name is Dave Brock. I'm the pastor here at Rock Grace in Cortland, and I like things that flip at a switch. Metaphorically, I guess, too. But here's the idea. is like, I love these experiences, right, where you can walk into a space and they have one experience. So I'm going to run with the zoo or the, the mini golf course. You go in, you know, it's, it's nice. It looks cool right now. Maybe you've been to this at a bowling alley. Sometimes you've been to them where they transform just like that where you have this experience, and it's a good experience. There's, there might not be anything wrong with that experience. But then you're there after hours, after dark, or after that, that switch flips. Maybe the, uh, the regular lights go off and the UV lights turn on, and you see things on the wall that weren't there before, or you know your bowling balls are glowing a different color that you could see, or just a variety of different things. I love how you could be in the same place, yet have a different experience than you did before. I absolutely love that. See, often that experience will leave you inspired. It'll leave you left in awe, maybe excited. See, the truth is, this is what it should be like when we invite God to be a part of our lives and invite his kingdom into our lives and onto this earth. That we should be left in awe, we should be inspired, we should be excited. Because while my location didn't change, something else did. And my experience can be entirely different. See, maybe you've come to know Christ at an age where you can vividly remember what life was like before Jesus. You might remember what your life was like, what you were like, whether you want to remember that part or not. It's a part of the testimony of what God has done through you and for you. So you have the same body. You might even have the same house. You might even have the same haircut. You might look a little bit different now. But see, when we give our lives to Jesus, right, our lives become transformed and renewed by the grace of God. That our lives, when we give wholeheartedly committing to him, I don't look like the zoo during the daytime or the mini golf before that switch is turned on. But later on when things are exciting, when things are, you know, something you want to invite your friends to, that you want to experience. See, even if you vaguely or don't remember at all what your life was like before Christ, we still daily should make sure that our lives today are looking more Christ-like than they were yesterday. This is why it's important that we spend time in prayer. And when we spend that time with God, 
that we continually invite his kingdom to come into our lives and onto this earth. So if you're just joining us, we're continuing our series for this month called Teach Us to Pray as we are following through the Lord's Prayer. So if you have your Bibles or your Bible apps, I'm going to ask you to open up to Luke chapter 11, verses 2 through 4. It'll also be on the screen here. And here's what Jesus said to them. Whenever you pray, say, Father, your name be honored as holy. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins, for we ourselves also forgive everyone in debt to us. And do not bring us into temptation. See, now there's a critical piece that we must really make sure we explore and understand when it comes to the entirety of this prayer. Before we even continue, as we look at the different elements of this prayer, we have to understand what Jesus is teaching us. And it's this. It's that this prayer is a template, not a ritual. This prayer is a template, not a a ritual. Yet how many times we come across something like this and it's in a, a ritual? You know, often this is said at a funeral or this is said during very, what we consider special times in somebody's faith journey. But the truth is, this prayer is a template, not a ritual. See, there's differences even the two times this is in Scripture and that just further shows the evidence of this. That as we're unpacking this prayer, we're not just saying this is exactly why you're praying this exact words, but we're looking at what Jesus is teaching us for how we should pray. That's why the disciples said, teach us to pray. So if you look at Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 11, we can see that this is not the word-for-word prayer that we just read in Luke chapter, uh, I almost said 6, chapter 11. We're in Matthew 6, Luke 11. And this shows us that it's important about how Jesus was teaching us to pray, not the word for word. Because Matthew 6, 9 through 11 says this, Our Father in heaven, your name be honored as holy. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil ones. There's three major differences that we see there. And we're going to take a moment, if it's okay, that we're going to kind of have a moment of teaching here. We see that line where it says, your kingdom come. In Matthew, this regardless of your translation right here, as long as you're using the same one to compare, this one has, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But Luke didn't. This phrase was continuing on the concept of what was being said right there with your kingdom come. We move further down and we see, forgive us our debts. Matthew says debts. Luke says sins. Because our sin is a debt. See what we're getting at? The words might be different. And if the words are different, it's less about the exact word. But what Jesus was teaching us in how to pray. And the last one, just to make sure we covered it, was that last line says, do not bring us into temptation, 
But Matthew includes, but deliver us from the evil one. Now, Jesus wasn't saying to pray this word for word, yet that's often how we use it. That's often how we see this. Is there anything wrong with praying this prayer word for word? Absolutely not. Just look at what Jesus was saying here in Matthew. He said, you should pray like this, not you should pray this exact prayer, or this is exactly what you should say. But he was saying, you should pray like this. Let me uh, put this another way for you. For those of us who are in this room who are what I would consider fashionably challenged and struggle to understand why somebody in your house will not let you go out wearing what you are wearing. One of you is laughing because you're the person that does that. The other person is laughing because you're the person that stops them. It depends on the day for me. See, here's the thing. See, we have these outfits in this ensemble, and I usually check with my wife every day before I leave the house saying, does this look fine together? And uh, I've learned a lot that way. Now, why do we care? So sometimes it's because I'm trying to pay attention, but, you know, I have to get new clothes eventually. They either wear out, my size changes, so many other things. But when you're one of those fashionably challenged people, of which I will admit, you walk into the store to buy new clothes that make you look hopefully cool or relevant or young. That happens at some point. If you don't say young, you will. Maybe you just don't like your current wardrobe. So when you're that fashionably challenged person, you walk into the store, something like Target, and what do you look at when you're just, for some reason, at the store by yourself? If you're fashionably challenged, don't do that. Also, don't bring a fashionably challenged person with you either. So you get there, and you look at the pictures on the wall and the mannequins that they have. First off, thank you, Target and everybody else for including mannequins who look like they enjoy going out to eat and having donuts for breakfast because now I don't have to worry about these running shorts and what they will look like on this body the Lord has blessed me with. But see, second, second, now that there's a mannequin that looks like you, you can see what an outfit may look like while you're wearing it. And I would be lying if I said I didn't buy an outfit that was exactly on the picture or on the mannequin. It was like, I don't know. It had a jacket. It had two shirts under the jacket. It had jeans that looked good and shoes. I, I fell for the whole thing. But honestly, it was like, you know what? They're telling me this looks good. I'm going to trust that this looks good. Why did it work well together, though? I have no idea to this day. I still have all those pieces of clothing. And sometimes you see me wear it all together, but you wouldn't know that, except for Adam, because he works at Target. But honestly, sometimes I just pulled that shirt out, and it just looks like a beach blanket that you brought back from the family vacation to Cancun. It's like, you need the other thing that goes on top of it. I don't know why these things look good together or work, work well together. But I walked in that day, and uh, I let Target speak to me as Target speaks to you, or many of you, and uh, Target spoke loudly that day. I walked out with a little lighter of a wallet. But see, here's, here's my point. I have this, this ensemble, the, the jacket, the two shirts, the jeans, the shoes, and I can continue to wear that outfit exactly as it was laid out for me. Always wearing those articles of clothing together. 
but I would not be getting the most out of those clothes if I didn't learn how to wear them in other ways with other articles of clothing, would I? Imagine if I restricted that specific outfit to only work with each other and not learn how to pair that jacket with something else or the shoes with something else or the shirts with something else. And the same is true when it comes to our prayer life and specifically when we're looking at the Lord's Prayer. Sure, we can continue to only pray this prayer exactly as the Lord said it. But what if we learn to use it? What if we learn to pray like it? See, sure, we can continue to pray this that way. But here's the thing. As I've already pointed out, there's differences depending on if you're looking in Matthew or in Luke. And there's also differences from version to version and translation to translation. If you guys didn't know, the Bible is translated uh, from Hebrew and Greek and some parts in Arabic. So here's the thing. For those of you who have the Lord's Prayer memorized, can I just see a slip of hand? Who, who has this generally memorized? Some of you guys. It's becoming a little less and less common, but it's, it's fairly common in this room. And as we're saying this, not only do you probably know it in Old English. Does anybody know this one in Old English? Where it's thys and thous and these? A few of you guys? Yeah. But you might also have an extra line in there that says, For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. See, many people have that one, but if you notice, that wasn't in Matthew or Luke in the translation that we're looking at today. Because that was used in the King James Version and the New King James Version. See, we're going, we're going a little teaching here, and we're going to go this route for a moment. But like, well, what's with all these versions? One, that just affirms it's not about praying this thing word for word. But just to explain why there's that difference and why sometimes you hear people that say, I only read out of the King James or I don't read out of the King James or whatever it is other than I can't read in Old English, is that the King James is based off of a manuscript, a text that was to be translated from, that is newer than what we see in the other versions like the NIV or the CSB that I often preach out of. See, the King James Version is from a translation manuscript um, called the Texas Receptus, which is a newer version of the Greek. So it's kind of like it's been penned and rewritten, like just copied, you know, they had a handwrite kind of to copy. So as you kind of handwrite it, sometimes there were some extra things there. And there was consistency there. However, when we found the older manuscripts in Koine Greek, this version, the translation, the transcript that uses for this, it's called the Novum Testamentum Grace. G-R-A-E-C-E, it's Greek for Greece. And you see a difference there in that, that Novum, it's the new translation, it's the original one that was there in Greek. And you see some differences there. You see King James has a few verses that don't exist in the older manuscripts. And you might see that if you're reading through your Bibles like the NIV, and you can Google this, and there's plenty of, there's, there's good amount of just single verses. It's not like it's chapters or stuff like that, but you're looking at verses, segments, sometimes words, that you'll see in King James and New King James that you want to see in the other ones. And it's not that they're wrong, but it's that there's not enough repetition in the historical documents to show that this is absolutely original to the text. And that's where you see, for thine is thy kingdom. There's nothing wrong with that. And that's where you see those differences. And we're, I'm not going to go into that. If you want to really dive into that, I'd love to grab coffee with you and just have that conversation. But I'm not here to say don't use King James or don't use NIV or whatever it is. I think they all lead you and point you to Jesus. 
But I wanted to use that again to just affirm that it's not about what it says word for word, but it's about how Jesus was teaching us to pray. So if I can go back to what I was saying with the outfit, we can continue to pray this prayer exactly as the Lord said it, but if that's the only way we look at this prayer and use this prayer, then we are missing out on what Jesus was trying to teach and all that Jesus has intended for us in our prayer lives. Remember, this prayer is a template, not a ritual. See, we must make a conscious decision not to fall into a ritualistic pattern in our faith, in our lives, but instead we need to grow in it daily. If my following Jesus is just a ritual, it's just something that I say I do or I say the right prayer in the morning and hopefully, you know, that keeps me good and kosher with God today. So if, you know, if I die, I'll, I'll probably get in heaven. We got to move past a real ritualistic element to our faith. See, and just like we looked at, like, at last week with the opening portion of this prayer, we need to continue looking at this next portion. It says, your kingdom come. Matthew adds, on earth as it is in heaven. And see, what's happening here is that we need to be reminded that we are citizens of God's kingdom, not an earthly kingdom. We are citizens of God's kingdom, not an earthly kingdom. See, why we may live here on earth, this is not our home. There was a movement in the uh, early 2000s. Some of you guys might still have this decal, maybe on a whatever car, where it said, not of this world. It was a reminder that we are not of this world, but we are of God's heavenly kingdom. This is not our final resting place. This is not where our souls will be forever. See, John 17, 11 says, I am no longer in the world. This is Jesus speaking. But they are in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by your name that you have given me so that they may be one as we are one. I just love that verse. There's so much to this verse that we can honestly just unpack. I could do a whole sermon just on this verse because of the power that's in it. But we see Jesus saying, I'm no longer in this world. But they, we're they. We are in this world. And he is coming to us. And he's praying, Holy Father, protect them by your name so that they may be one as we are one. As Jesus said, we are here in this world, but this is not our home. This is not where we will be with Jesus for all of eternity. But as Jesus said, we are here in this world right now. I mean, everybody just do a, a earth check real quick. Just stomp your foot. You're, you're here? You're all here today? Yes. But may we find protection in his name. Last week, we continued to unfold this. We're talking about how, God, may your name be honored as holy. This is just another evidence of what it means because we find protection in the name of God. And because we are still in this world, but not of it, we really begin to understand Matthew 5 in a new light, if you will, if you know Matthew 5. So, Dave, I'm going to have you pass out something. Dave, in a moment, is going to pass out a little keychain and test it, but it should, it should work. There's nothing uh, extra special about these. bought them in bulk on Amazon and gave them to the other pastors to use today, too. 
Sounds like a bunch of mints getting opened up right now. <laughs> For those of you who are listening online, they're wrapped in uh, plastic. Uh, but if you're at home, you can uh, do this as well with us. And it says in Matthew 5, 14 through 16, You are the light of the world. A city situated on a hill cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket, but rather on a lampstand. And it gives light for all who are in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. So, how many guys can see that? Can you guys see mine? Yep. Is my light making a difference in this room right now? Other than maybe it's a little bit extra, but it's not really making a difference. Now, everybody in the room, just hold yours up and just turn it on. Right? Some of yours are working, some of yours are not. Everybody's working? All right. So we have this little light. You know, you're going to sing, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. If you don't know that song, again, like I've said before, there's YouTube and you can teach it. You can come next week and sing it for me and I'll give you a cookie. Just kidding. No cookie, but you will learn and be better for it. So I'm going to ask uh, Adam in the back if he can kill the lights to the room really quick. I'm going to try to kill this iPad in front of me. So if just me, there we go. It seems a little brighter now, doesn't it? And you can see above me before, this wasn't being lit up on my light, was it? But you can see, if you're watching online, you can't, might not be able to see this, but I'm lighting the uh, air vent duct above me. But now, is everybody else in the room, if you have yours and you didn't lose it in the darkness, why don't you turn yours on too? And you see the difference this makes. We could have used this a couple weeks ago when we lost power and I had to buy giant lights. But look at the difference. Just keep yours on and shine it around. These are very ironically, really strong for, uh, you know, things off Amazon. But you see the difference this is making. Now let it go. and Let it go dark real quick. I'm also trying not to fall off the stage right now. <laughs> If you hear a thud, don't worry, it's just me. <laughs> but look, look at the difference just one light is making in a dark room. Now turn yours all on again. Now what happens if we point it all at that wall? Look how much more brighter that gets. All right, we can turn the lights back on, tech team. You know, I can't help at this moment but think of a quote from the great theologian Mufasa from The Lion King. And he said, everything the light touches is our kingdom. If you didn't get that, that's a joke. Um, Lion King, he's talking to Simba. But he says, everything the light touches is our kingdom. And just like we just kind of represented here, where your light shines, you have the ability to reach with the kingdom of God. You are the light in a dark world, a dark room, a dark situation. See, as citizens of God's kingdom and followers of Christ, we are compelled to invite his kingdom into our lives so that our light may shine and fulfill 
Matthew 5. So when we see your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, wherein we invite the Holy Spirit to speak through us, we invite the kingdom of heaven to invade and be a present here on this kingdom of earth. We can begin to see incredible things take place. Healing, prophecies, power that only Jesus provides. See, we are called to expand God's kingdom here on earth. And we need to pray and petition for all believers to see this become reality. So as we reflect back on the fruits of the Spirit that we talked about last month, know that this world, the fruits that we produce, should look more like Christ and less like us. But at the end of the day, we are not of this world. We are not of this world. We are not promised eternity in this world. So we will not see this world come to be a perfect reflection of the kingdom of God. And I feel like sometimes we've got that mixed up. We try to get the political alignment to be exactly what scripture says. We try to get my family to do this exact thing. But the truth is, we live in an imperfect world. And this world will never be perfect. So this world will never come to be a perfect reflection of the kingdom of God, but rather a resemblance of the hope that we have for tomorrow. And we are called to let our light shine. So that just because the world will not be perfect does not mean we stop from trying to see this world reflect Christ and the hope we have in him more and more each day. See, it's about God's will. And what is the will of God? It's that all may come to the Father through the Son and through the Son's sacrifice to take up a new life in Christ and establish our citizenship and allegiance to heaven while still on earth. So remember, we are part and citizens of the kingdom of God, not of this earth. And while on earth in our daily lives, we live as an expression of what the kingdom of God looks like. In other words... We let our light shine. God, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. You can play some music in the back. So here's the thing. We are change agents that are tasked with showing the world a more excellent way. Not in arrogance, but in full humility. Relying on Jesus and what he did for us. In the arena that God has called us with the power of the Holy Spirit, we are called to bring the kingdom of God into the darkness of the world, to shine a light that points lost people to Jesus. As citizens of the kingdom, we carry the full weight and the authority of the king with us, especially when we walk into a room. We walk with all of heaven and his kingdom with us. Second Kings 6, 16 through 17. Elijah said, don't be afraid for those who are with us outnumber those who are with them. Then Elisha prayed, Lord, please open his eyes and let him see. So the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he saw that the mountain was covered with horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Yes, <laughs> You can say that. You can do that again. Guys, 
We are surrounded by the armies of heaven, the angels of heaven. I love the prayer that Elijah said. He said, Lord, please open his eyes and let him see. What would it be like, church, if we said, Lord, open my eyes and let me see the God of angel armies that is behind me. Let me see your power, your testimony, your grace, your mercy, your glory. That is what's behind your light. As we let the fruits of the Spirit produce through us, where we have that love and joy and peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, and we continue to learn how to apply that to our prayer lives, the first coming to God, giving Him all the glory He deserves, but then inviting His kingdom to be a part of our daily active lives, of the world that is around us, we begin to let our light shine, and we recognize the armies that are behind us, because God is backing you. God is supporting you. God is behind you. And everything you say when you put him first. See, we aren't operating without a net, but we are backed by a God with inexhaustible resources, inexhaustible power, inexhaustible mercy, inexhaustible grace. And there is never a need for fear or worry in us regarding God's ability or his resources to meet us in our time of need. So I'm going to challenge you with this today. Let us daily invite the kingdom of God to be present here on earth. Let us start our days off in prayer. If that means I have to set a reminder on my phone to start my day off in prayer, so be it. But let us start our days off in prayer, inviting the kingdom of God to be present here on earth, here in Cortland, Ohio, in Trumbull County, Ohio. So my question is, where are you shining your light? Where do you need to take your light? Who needs to see your light? You are the light of the world. A city situated on a hill cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket, but rather on a lampstand. And it gives full light for all who are in the house. And in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. So start your day off by inviting God's kingdom to come and then walk in it. Invite others into it. Tangibly, if you have room for one more thing on your keychain, throw this on your keys. Let this serve as a very simple reminder of what it means to let your light shine for Jesus. May it be a reminder in that moment where you want to say something different, where you kind of want to hide the fact that I'm a light today. We all know those moments where I don't feel like being a light for Jesus. Instead, I want to say something of me. But let this be that reminder of inviting God's kingdom to earth. I'm throwing things. Let it be a reminder that you are that light. That the world may see Jesus. Jesus.
through him or through us, through our actions, that they may see him. It's like the song that we sang today. He's the light of the world. So here's how we're going to close today. I'm going to ask if everybody can stand. I'm going to ask if we can just dim the lights about halfway. And while there's nothing special about what we're about to do, it's what's in our heart. It's what's in our prayer as we come before God. I'm just going to ask that you hold that light in front of you and just light it. Don't worry, if your thumb gives out, it's okay. It's a lot of squeezing. But all we're doing is saying, God, let this be a representation of the light that I want to shine. So I'm going to pray a prayer of blessing over all of us in this room. And I want to encourage you with where you're at to pray that prayer yourself. Just because I'm praying doesn't mean you can't be praying, even out loud. Let's invite God's kingdom into our lives, into this earth, that God, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for the examples that you have continued to provide us, the lives that you have placed before us, your grace, your goodness. God, and right now in this moment, we just want to continue to invite your kingdom to come into this earth, into this place, into our lives, that we may be a reflection of who you are, that we may be that light to the world, a city that cannot be hidden because of the light that is evidence of who you are in our lives. God, let us continue to show us or show this world what it means to follow after you. Let us continue to point each other to you, point this world to you, shine a light on your goodness and your mercies. May they overflow and abound through us each and every day, that we can start our days experiencing you new as we invite your presence, your kingdom to come each morning, each day, that this world may come to know you, that while this world may be imperfect, we can shine a light on you who is. Allow us to be bold. Allow us to shine bright so that the world may see, the, the world may experience, that the world may know you. God, let us be that light. Let us walk out of here strong and encouraged of what it means to invite your kingdom to be present here in our lives. And let that love for you grow each and every day. Be with us until we come back next week to worship you. In your name, all of God's people said, amen, amen. All right, well, I lost my uh, flashlight in the middle of that prayer again. <laughs> my thumb caved at some point. But I hope you guys have a good rest of your day. Thank you. Oh, it's got a trigger. Even better. I just learned something. So that was when you open your Amazon box Sunday morning. I hope you guys have a great blessed Sunday. Uh, enjoy the cooler weather over the evenings and turn your air conditioning off. God bless you.
Thanks for joining us. If this message impacted you or you would like to get in contact with us, you can visit us at www.rockofgrace.org. Also, be sure to share this message with a friend or subscribe so you never miss a message. God bless.